Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning and would like to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, if you were not here Sunday night, uh, you will perhaps take a few moments to, to understand the message that I'm going to preach today. Sunday night I preached a message titled, Giants Do Fall, and uh, the blessings of the Lord fell in the, in the house, and I was unable to finish the message because I felt the need to open the altars, but I had uh, a great deal of study put into the rest of the message, and I have just felt impressed all week to pick up where we left off and continue with what the Lord had laid on my heart and inspired me. And I felt it appropriate for this Sunday morning. And we'll see what the Lord has in store for us uh, by the time we leave here this morning. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. I'm going to read down through verse 51. First Samuel chapter 17. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David and that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk in his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Just because this morning that you have come still battling and still fighting the giants in your life, I just want to remind you where we left off last Sunday night, and that is that just because the giant keeps raising up his head doesn't mean that the giant is going to prevail. Amen. Giants fall. Giants fall. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you've laid upon our heart into the minds and hearts of your people. I pray today, God, that you will inspire each of us, you will motivate us, you will push us into the future with faith today, knowing, God, that nothing is impossible with you. And we trust you and believe, God, that by the time we leave this morning, that those that are still battling and struggling, Lord, will be equipped with the understanding, the knowledge, and given the inspiration and courage, Lord, to go out and face the giant that comes against them and that they deal with day in and day out, Lord, because the giant is going to fall in their life. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Greet a few people around you as you are seated this morning and just tell them giants fall, giants fall, giants fall. Amen, amen. In the conclusion of my message last week, I thought it was interesting that Spencer slid over to me and of course leave it to Spencer he's the guy that knows all the random facts and uh, you, you can start talking about a subject and oftentimes it's the details and the hidden nuances in the story that he has remembered and he'll bring to you and he came to where I was last Sunday night in the altar and he slipped up and he said into my ear he said dad 
David fought Goliath in the in the in the valley of Elah, and there were two meanings for the uh, in the original for the word Eli, and that is fear and a tree, fear and a tree. And, of course, he made his own message out of that, and he built it that we overcome fear uh, with faith in the cross, and I'll let him preach his own message when he decides to preach it. But I do want to pick up this morning and talk about, uh, talk about the fear of facing giants. God's people have always been crippled by fear when it comes to dealing with giants. It is all through the scripture when the people of God began to face giants, it tend, it always tended to cause them to be held captive by that fear. In his inaugural address, FDR made a statement that awoke the nation when he said, this great nation will endure as it always has endured, and it will revive and it will prosper. Then he spoke a famous line, and he said, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. Now, that line's been talked about and preached and used and written about and expanded, but I came this morning to tell you and to remind you that fear itself will destroy you. The giant of fear may be, uh, fear may be a giant in of itself, but in dealing with any giant in your life, whatever it is, if it's a giant of an addiction, if it is the giant of anger, if it is the giant of any nature of sin that continually rises in your life, fear of dealing with that often paralyzes us and causes us to not act on trying to overcome it. We just would rather say, this is just who I am. I was made this way. I was born like this. So therefore, I really don't want to deal with it because when we see the giants in our life, it often strikes fear in our heart and causes us to be held captive by fear itself. Fear grows like cancer. Fear grows until it chokes out the ability of a believer to even be able to trust God. Then Satan begins to speak doubt and to fill our mind with his deceiving lies. It, it often is not just fear, but it is what follows fear. Fear is the tactic of the enemy. The enemy throws fear at us to paralyze us, to stop us, to cause us, to prevent us from moving forward with faith. Fear is the goal of terrorism. You ever pay attention to really what, what terrorism is really about? It is, it is really about fear. It's to cause people to be afraid to, to, to go to a large city or to go to a large gathering, a large meeting, to even go to the supermarket because you're afraid. Uh, it's to cause children to be afraid to go to school. It is to stop life the way that we know it. It is to, to bring uh, life to a halt, to be literally paralyzed by fear. Fear in of itself uh, can be a huge giant that we all face. Many people today live in fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of the past, fear of being found out. 
fear of the obstacles in life. People uh, live in fear, fear of contaminated food, fear of uh, some exotic germ bringing some rare disease into your life, fear of climate change, fear of, of, of pesticides and fear of, of school shootings and terrorism and fear of the government and fear of religious maniacs that go uh, and, and uh, pursue heartless murders, fear of politicians selling out for personal gain, fear of disease, cancer and heart disease often strike fear in people's life, fear Fear, fear. Everywhere we turn, it seems that it is fear that always comes uh, before us. But I came today to tell you that if you are going to defeat and take on the giants in your life, there is one thing that you cannot do. You cannot be paralyzed with fear. If you allow fear itself to stop you, if your fear of failure, if your fear of the future, if your fear of change uh, overtakes you, you must, you must overcome it. The Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you struggle with fear, you need to get in the Word of God. If you struggle with fear, you ought to find a good podcast and put it on every day and listen to some good preaching. If you struggle with fear, you ought to be in the house of God every time the doors open because you overcome fear by hearing the word of God. That's why we're in church today. There is simply no substitute for the word of God. The man of God stands in the pulpit this morning declaring into your hearing that the only thing that will sustain you in the midst of a of, of fear-filled storm is that you get into the Word of God. There's nothing like the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want to encourage somebody this morning to rise up from your fear and look the giant that you deal with in the face and let the giant know, I have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I have a weapon that will put any giant in his place. Come on, somebody. You've got a rise up from fear today and declare I will not let my fear affect my future I'm going to speak a few a little longer on fear this morning. Fear is also contagious. People begin to speak about fear and they cause somebody else to become afraid. Fearful parents raise fearful children. Fearful pastors would have a fearful congregation. But somebody that is filled with faith, faith is also contagious. And if somebody will speak a word of faith this morning, it will, it will blot out that fear and cause us to rise to the occasion of dealing with the giant that would come against you today. Fear can morph into panic and cause uh, plenty of precious people to lose faith and see calamity at every turn. People that are uh, attacked by fear, often it comes through in their, conversa in their conversation. Everybody they get around, they talk about everything that is going wrong and 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 they 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 struggle it is fear 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 everywhere they turn it is fear but i come this morning to tell you that you can overcome any giant in your life 
There are three things I want to point out in this message this morning that David had to do if he was going to defeat his giant. And it's the same three things that you and I are going to have to do if we are going to overcome the giants in our life. First of all, you must refuse to listen to negative people. You will never overcome a giant with somebody negative speaking in your ear and holding your attention. Negativity will destroy your ability to face a giant. First, let me say that the mission that David's father had sent him on was one that was a little less desirable. I apologize if you weren't here Sunday night. You may not get everything that I'm preaching this morning, but hopefully I'll make it clear enough that everybody can kind of follow through this very familiar story. First of all, the mission that David's father sent him on was less than desirable. It was not desirable to be a son and be a delivery boy. Uh, he, was, he was a glorified pizza delivery boy. That's what he was. He, he was a cheese delivery boy. That may have been before the pizza recipe came out. So he's delivering some, some, some goods down to uh, his brothers who were in battle. No, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a cheese delivery boy, but that usually was left for the servants. That usually was left for, for, for some of the hired servants. It wasn't left for the sons. For the sons, see, were trained in battle, but it was the older brothers of David that was trained in battle. They understood battle and and here David now is given this mediocre task of going down to the battlefield, being the youngest son on a mission to deliver treats to the warriors. Uh, perhaps as the lad ran out onto the battlefield, there would have been uh, there would have been conversation that would have been going on. What in the world uh, is this lad doing sent here? When he got there, it was it was his brothers who looked at him and said. Uh, uh, you you can't defeat this giant. David came with his own perspective. You see, the perspective of the warriors were that it is impossible because we are going to face this giant in the flesh. I'm going to let that settle in. The perspective of the warriors who were trained and educated in dealing with giants knew that there was no way. They couldn't wield his sword. They couldn't carry. They couldn't put on his armor. They couldn't carry his spear. Uh, there was no way possible that they could war against him. He stood uh, twice again, plus perhaps their size. They were trained, but he was a man who had killed many. He was a famous warrior. This giant stood on the battlefield and spoke and fear entered into the hearts of the people of God. David's brothers along with an entire army ran and hid with fear when this giant came forward. As David runs on the battlefield, he was not trained to know to be afraid. I mentioned Sunday night sometimes the reason our young people and our children are so powerful in prayer and faith is because they haven't lived long enough to know they ought to be afraid. 
And so therefore they come with absolute faith, believing and trusting God. And God comes through because of their faith and miracles happen and healing happens. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of us need to overcome our fear and get that childlike faith and once again begin to deal with the giants that have raised their head in your life. I know I'm preaching to some of you this morning that didn't deal with your giant on Sunday night and the giant has raised its head this week. I come again and rise to the occasion today to tell you that giants still fall today but they're not going to fall when you're full of fear and full of negativity but you're going to have to speak a word of faith to that giant and let the giant know I'm not afraid to do battle with you David runs on to the battlefield it was his brother that said to him David what are you doing here All you've ever done is tended a few sheep. I want to just pause for a moment as I was reading through that text. And I saw the word, uh, few sheep. I wonder why it was. Because um, there was no few sheep in, uh, in, in, uh, in the household of, of David's father. David was a man that would have been watching a lot of sheep. But when his brother spoke to David, he, he spoke in a demeaning, downgrading uh, uh, a sense. He, he looks at him and said, uh, you, you ought to be home. Who, who is back home watching the father's sheep? David, all you've ever done is you have watched a, a, a few sheep. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm uh, pretty privy of, of words. I, I may not have the greatest of vocabularies, but I pay close attention to the words that people speak. And, and I can imagine how it must have felt in David's heart as his brother looks at him and, and just down. He, he, he already knows he's just a shepherd. He knows he's just a boy tending some sheep on a hillside. But why now would his brother not come and say, David, you're doing a great job taking care of our father's sheep. You work hard. You've dealt with things and difficulties. You've had animals, wild beasts come out and you've conquered them. But David, you don't belong here. But instead, he thought, I'll go ahead and degrade him. I will I will knock him down. I will, I will deal with him. And uh, I'll settle this once and for all. David, you, all you do is you deal with a few Negative voices can cause us to not even want to deal with giants. This is not an uncommon deal. When, when, when the 12 spies were sent out into Canaan, the majority, 10 of them came back. And, and you know what they said when they got back? We can't because there are giants in the land. But there are two, and you know what their name is. It was Joshua and Caleb. Without going to the scripture, doubtful that you can rise this morning and name the other ten uh, that 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 were sent out that came back and said we can't. That ought to speak to you this morning. Everybody wants to leave their mark. Negative people will never leave a mark. Negative people, their name may be written in the same book with the two that said we can, but we know about Joshua and Caleb, but you don't even know the names of the other ten because they're mentioned there, but nobody really cares about those who said we can't, but give me somebody that says we can. 
And when Joshua and Caleb came back and they didn't deny there were giants in the land, they didn't say there are no giants in the land, they came back with them and said, yes, there are giants in the land but I'm also going to tell you something, there's great benefits in defeating those giants and we can take them. The other ten said they can't. Everybody around said there's no way we can't do it but two kept saying, come on we can. Come on, make a decision and we can. Come on, we can. Come on, we can. That's why all it takes is a handful of people in the house of God that rises to the occasion to say come on we can come on you can come on you can overcome that giant in your life come on pastor we can have revival come on we can have a strong worship service come on we can build a church come on we can give come on we can labor come on we can reach the lost my family will be saved if a few people will get an I can spirit it will overcome all of the fear and the doubt and the negativity. You got to get an I can in you. Hebrews chapter 11 says by faith Abraham went out to a place that after he should receive for an inheritance he obeyed and he went out not knowing where he was going. He went out on a word of faith not knowing the outcome. God said, I'm going to do something spectacular. I'm going to give you the land. Now I want you to go out and at a specific point I'm going to speak to you. Here is the issue. If we listen to the voice of negativity and fear, we will never go out until we have a signed contract from God that tells us how far we got to go, how long we got to stay, how we're going to be taken care of while we're out there. I saw Brother Tapia, he's in this morning, not preaching out today, but he's an evangelist. Now most of you understand and know how an evangelist lives. They have signed contracts with churches and pastors all over the country that send them money on a regular basis. If it was so, everybody would be wanting to go be an evangelist. But you want to know why there's a few evangelists? Because they have to go out not knowing. There is probably no modern ministry anymore a walk of faith than that of an evangelist that on a call of God steps out and says yes to the call of God and when they have a weekend that they're not preaching or two weekends or what happens if next month I was never a good evangelist. Because I wanted a signed contract. I wanted to know how far I'm going. How far I got to walk into the wilderness. 
Who's going to be with me? Where's my bread coming from? Who's going to pay my car payment? How am I going to make it? I struggled. I worried. I let fear overcome me. But Abraham went out by faith not knowing the land in which he was going to inherit until he got to a point that God says, go ahead and stop right here and I want you to look around. Now I want you to start walking through the land and everywhere you walk, I'm going to give it to you. Everything you see is going to be yours. Let me tell you, there is quite a risk involved in going out by faith. But I tell you this morning that David walked onto a battlefield with faith. Did he really know the outcome? Only in God and through faith could he know the outcome. Because anybody who would think like I would think would think in reasoning. I'm not trained. I don't have a check coming. I don't have things. Ah, what am I going to do? But Abraham went out by faith and David went out by faith. And if you're going to conquer your giant, you've got to go out by faith you've got to go after that giant with faith well what if what if I don't know but right now I've got a giant that is intimidating me and everything that God wants to give me I've got to conquer the giant I'm now I don't want to. I don't want to be misunderstood because I, I I don't prescribe to the name it and claim it magazine. But I have lived long long enough to know that negativity today doesn't help either. The sad truth is, is that negativity attracts negativity. Negative people attract negative people. Just because they're agreeing with your negativity doesn't make them positive. What it means is a double negative doesn't make a positive in the kingdom of God. That's only in mathematics. A negative voice has never built a church. A negative voice has never led a church. Negative voices lead revolts. Negative voices, those who lack faith, have never moved a church forward. They've never conquered a giant. I come this morning to remind you that David had to, he had to, to in spite of the negative voices around him, had to rise and deal with the giant. There comes a point when if nobody else, if the multitude, if the crowd, if all of his brothers are not going to deal with the giant, who's going to deal with it? There's a point that we have to be willing to stand alone. We have to be willing to stand alone and declare, I will not allow the giant in my life to continue to intimidate, to run my family down, to destroy my family, to destroy my nation, to destroy my people, to destroy the things of God. I wish a David would rise up this morning and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to conquer the giants that come against my life and my future. Now the second thing that I want to point out that David had to do in order to 
to, to defeat the giant is that if you're going to defeat the giant, you must recall past victories. You got to recall past victories. David was bragging on God's ability when David began to say, I faced a lion one day with my bare hands, and I faced a bear one day with my bare hands. He had to, you see, he had to, he had to remind them and remind himself sometimes that when you tell a story of faith, you're not just telling a story. Somebody says, Well, I could tell they weren't very interested. Tell it anyway, it's building your faith. If negative people don't want to hear you magnify God, magnify God anyway. That magnifying God faith thing may catch on in their negative spirit. If not, walk on and tell it to somebody else. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to agree with you in faith. And if one puts a thousand to flight and two ten thousand, the, the enemy has no choice but to run when a group of people like is assembled this in this house this morning began to agree together. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful. Our giants must fall today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you knew what I had been through, you would understand why I can preach this this morning. And if your neighbor understood what you've been through, they might understand why you're responding the way you are today. Because some of you have been through some battles and you know that God was the only way that you came through it. You can't allow. You've got to recall past victories and think I remember when I was sick and couldn't get well, but God came on the scene with a healing touch. I remember when that accident ought to have taken my life, but God, I remember when my family ought to have been destroyed, but God came on the scene and made a way out of nowhere. You've got to recall past victories. Don't ever quit telling the stories about what God has done and the victories He has brought in your life because it will lead you to your next victory. Anybody in this house today could lift a hand and say, God's brought me through some things. Recall those past victories. When I look back over my life and I think about how good God has been to me. The songwriter said it right when he said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. You've got to recall past victories. Was it, was it uh, Kurt Franklin? Was it, he, was it Kurt Franklin that wrote the song and said, if the devil only knew what I would be after the storm, <laughs> he wouldn't even have bothered me. Oh, I hope I'm building somebody's faith today to understand that the enemy's intimidated us long enough. The giants has, has spoken your life long enough. It's time to understand and let the devil know if you knew you would have never put me through what I'm going through because when I come out of the other side of this, I'm coming out stronger. I'm coming out wiser. I'm coming out more powerful. I'm coming out ready to fight the next giant that raises its head because in the name of the Lord, we have the victory. And I close with this today. 
the, the, the final thing that you must know about dealing with giants is that you must resist the temptation to use untested weapons. Resist the temptation to use untested, unproven weapons. Saul's armor wasn't made for David. Saul tells him, I'll let you go out, boy, but you got to wear my armor and you got to carry my spear and my sword. You've got to put on things that you're not trained for and you've got to go out. Listen, God made you for who you are. And He made you for the battle that you were in. It's another message for another time. But I, I came this morning to remind you that God made you for your battle. If He wanted me to fight your battle, He would have made your battle my battle. But He made you for your battle. You don't need somebody else's weapons. You don't need somebody else's uh, somebody else's armor. What you need is your own armor. You need your own sword. You need your own shield of faith. You need your own weapons. What is it that you're used to fighting with? That's what you need to go out with. You can't go out with somebody else's weapon. You've got to go out with your own weapon. I just came from conference and there's seminars and they're telling you how to grow churches and how to raise churches and how to do this. And how to, and I pick up a lot of great ideas, but I've lived long enough to know that I can buy their book and read it for a few nuggets. But I've learned that what works somewhere else may not work somewhere else. What worked for them may not work for me. i got to find what works for me and what works against my giant and what works in my battle. I, I appreciate it. I'll learn from somebody else. I'll, I'll read their book. I'll listen to their message. I want to hear what they've got to say and pick up anything that I can to help me in my training. But there's some times that I've got to just do what God has prepared me to do. You see, they weren't there when I went through my fight. They weren't there when I battled with my battle. There weren't there. There may be some similarities between my fight and their fight, but they don't know what I've been through. I'm not going to try to carry their armor. They are more trained than I am. They've been through some things I haven't been through, but I will take what I have. You see, I understand that they may have some fancy way of dealing with it, but I learned a long time ago that if I want to conquer a giant, I'm going to do it through prayer, and I'm going to do it through fasting and I'm going to do it through being faithful to the word of God that's how I'm going to fight I've learned a long time ago what works for me can I conclude this morning by telling you that there are some weapons that you and I have that we have tested they are tried and they are true and they're the same weapons that's going to get you beyond the giant that you're dealing with today anybody know that prayer still works Anybody believe prayer still defeats the enemy? I can get on Facebook, social media. I can say all kind of things. It isn't going to do anything. But get a bunch of negative people to agree with my negativity. But if I go to God in prayer and I begin to talk to the Lord in prayer and I go to the Word of God, I'm going to find direction for my future. I'm going to find something that is going to get me through. Prayer is a weapon that will work every time. Can I go a little further? 
I know I'm about out of time this morning, but I'm going to go a little further today. Not only is it prayer and fasting, but I have learned the benefit and the power of the weapon of praise. Somebody said, my praise confuses my enemy. Why does my worship confuse the enemy? Because human reasoning said you ought to pout and doubt. You ought to be full of fear and no worship. You ought to sit with your arms folded, refusing because you're facing a giant. You're going through struggle. You're having some hardships. But I learned a long time ago the best thing that I can do on a day that I don't feel like worshiping, that's when I need to worship. It is the sacrifice of worship that helps me defeat the giant in my life. It has been proven to me when I don't feel like standing, I'm going to stand. When I don't feel like clapping my hands, that's when I need to clap my hands because I've learned that the weapon of my worship will defeat the enemy that comes against me. Somebody ought to go ahead and put that weapon into place this morning against your enemy and let the enemy know you've been coming against me. You've been coming powerfully against me, but I can still worship. You can't silence my praise. My God is still awesome. He's still great. He's still good. And I will be victorious stand with me this morning I dare you to use what you already have you don't need more training you don't need more sophisticated methods and ways thank God for every tool that we have use it if it works for you use it but when I'm in a battle with a giant I don't have time to prove a new weapon (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to deal with a giant in a training session. We're not sparring. This is for life. This is for my family. This is for my future. When David went out, he went out with a proven weapon. He said, "You come to me." With a sword and a spear, but I come to you. The sling and the stone, that was just a tool. But he said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I came to remind you today that there is no weapon that is formed against us that will prosper. You speak the name of Jesus over whatever weapon. You need to start speaking the name of Jesus over your children, over your family, over the giant that raises his head against you. In the name of Jesus, you've got to go. It is a weapon that has been proven and it will not be defeated. In the end, the name of Jesus is still going to be the name that everything, everything under heaven and in earth is going to bow before him and declare that Jesus is Lord of all. It is the name that is above every name. It is the name that is powerful. You need to take the name of Jesus and go after the giant that is intimidating you, that is coming against you. In the name of Jesus, you've got to go. In the name of Jesus, you've got to be defeated. In the name of Jesus, we have victory. I wish I had about 10 or 12 people this morning that would step out on a Sunday morning with faith. Just step out in the aisle and just begin to declare in the name of Jesus. Weapon, the greatest weapon I have is the name of Jesus. And the enemy will be defeated in the name of the Lord.
Come on, let's just call on the name of Jesus this morning. You have everything you need. You have everything you need today. Come on, use what you already have. Giants fall in the name of Jesus. Addictions are broken in the name of Jesus. Demons flee in the name of Jesus. Yes. 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 I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. He's gonna bring me out. So I'm gonna pray without ceasing. Praise and not be defeated. For this is not a sign of defeat, but a declaration of victory. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Listen, I close with this today. David had a stone. And he used the stone and he slung the stone. And it was the stone that sunk into the forehead of the giant that caused the giant to fall. Israel that I spoke of earlier, that wasn't sure if they could go out while they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. There was a rock that followed them. And the scripture named it and said, and that rock was who? That rock was Christ. That stone that David slung was not just another stone, but it went out in the name of Jesus. Your weapon may seem primitive. It may seem outdated, but it's not outdated, boys and girls. <laughs> when you speak the name of Jesus, let somebody speak any other name they want to speak. But it is a name that will never be defeated. It will never be outdated. It will never be overcome for the name of Jesus. It is relative to your giant today. It is still relative today. Come on, shout the name of Jesus. And let's praise him for a few minutes as they sing today. I have no doubt. Declaration of victory. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I 